Good morning. Welcome to Break the Bias, a podcast mini-series hosted by So Perth. We're tapping into this year's International Women's Day theme and taking the opportunity to speak to some amazing Perth women. I'm your co-host, Carmel Levine, Head of Social at So Perth, and this is Jessica Cook, Social and Content Exec at So Perth. Hey, everyone. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to the amazing Elizabeth Knight. Elizabeth is a 23-year-old entrepreneur on a mission to transform our education system for the better. She is the founder of Purposeful, which is an edtech startup helping young people find their place in the world and careers they're passionate about. Purposeful do presentations and workshops, accelerator programs, a podcast, personal develop experiences for organisations. So why don't you start off? by telling us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Um, thank you so much for having me, first of all. So my name is Elizabeth. And yeah, I mean, I wear a lot of different hats and you sure shared some of those just then already. But really at, at its core, I'm, I'm a creator. I love creating things. I love creating businesses. I love creating programs. I love creating spaces where young people in particular can be themselves and find who out who they are and really what they want to do with their futures. So Purposeful is my main hustle and I run that full time. So I started um, the company when I was 19 and it was really in response to everything that I went through in high school, um, doing really well on paper, but having no idea who I was. Like that was really the one subject that we don't learn much about in school is ourselves Mm. (laughs) and our future ambitions and how to work any of that out. So Purposeful came about from that that time in my life. And I know so many young people had a really similar experience to me. Um, So now we run programs to help young people to find their purpose and also find um, the right career path for them, uh, which is super exciting. Um, One of the other things that I have been creating as well lately has been um, another side hustle slash startup Mm. because one business isn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why not? Um, Is Next Revolution. So helping people to learn more about no code and how it can help you to solve really complicated um, problems in a really simple and easy way. So yeah, that's me at the moment. Fascinating. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, how you found this uh, gap in what we were being taught and and why you wanted to, I guess, attempt to fix that for, for other kids? Yeah, definitely. So I, when I was in school, I remember... I always wanted to be the newspaper kid. So when um, in my high school, everyone did really well historically sort of in their final exams and there were always these kids that would get put on the front of the newspaper because they got these shiny high ATARs and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I had no clue. And so I thought, you know, if I could get to where they were, then maybe I would be able to work it out because these kids seem to have all the opportunities in the world. They had it all going for them. Um, And so in school, that was sort of what I was secretly working towards, I think, without realising it. And when I got to year 11, 12, like I ended up doing really well and, and kind of achieved that goal. And I think that I thought that meant that it would be all sorted. Like after you kind of reach that that peak moment, you graduate, you think this is it, you know, I've got it all, all from here. Um, whereas as soon as I finished school, I became super burnt out, really exhausted just from how hard that I'd worked and ultimately was like really disconnected from myself. And I think that's something that a lot of young people were going through and I I see now more and more every day when we're working with schools and in the classroom is that we learn so much about everything but ourselves, right, and and who we are and what we want to do next. 
Um, and that was really a problem that I could see, you know, spilling into mental health issues and young people just feeling disconnected more generally about the future, the future of the planet, let alone like which career or which path that they should choose. So that was really my experience. And now I think what we've noticed more and more is that there is so much anxiety about the future just in general, right? And when this is being recorded, you know, there's really crazy things happening in the world at the moment um, from climate change to um, crises internationally and that fear pervades to, yeah, the conversation about your career, I think. So we try and make that process really fun and actually something that, you know, you should look forward to and be maybe like one of the most memorable or meaningful times of your life, right, is getting to choose what you want to do, um, not something you should be, you know, filled with anxiety and dread about. So, yeah, that's really where it came from. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so relatable because I was always really jealous of those kids who knew what they wanted to do with their, like, whole career um, and that was never me. So I always felt like there was something a bit wrong with me that I didn't know what I wanted to yeah. do with my life. Yeah, it feels a bit like that. And, like, as a young person myself, I've recently been through this experience so I can, like, totally relate to everything you say. Like, that was me at school. Um, and, you know, I didn't even do ATAR and I, I had no idea where I wanted to go. So, you know, like you finding something that can help people is that's yeah. needed. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and in with COVID and like COVID times, is that have you seen like an effect with that on young people? Like, is it is it making it, you know, more stressful? Have you got like more anxiety and all that coming in? Yeah. What's what is interesting is that I think a lot of people in education thought, that COVID might make it better because um, all the universities and TAFE sort of dropped all of their entry requirements. So you now actually didn't necessarily have to have that amazing ATAR to get into what you wanted to do next. So, you know, presumably that means people are going to be less stressed, right, because your exams, Mm. et cetera, don't have to mean as much. But it's not the case at all. Like those anxieties still remain. Um, If anything, I think there's a lot of young people that are just disconnected from the future because how can you relate to it right now? Like it is just so uncertain um, that the idea of looking forward to something when it might then not happen, I think is is causing a lot of young people to, yeah, just be disconnected from that, which is really sad. So Mm. we are really really trying to have more positive conversations about the future as well and rewrite, I guess, what, you know, people are thinking was their plan A, um, helping them find plan B, C and D as well and and find things they're equally as excited about. Yeah. 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 So um, can you kind of touch on what were your biggest challenges in school? Yeah. Um, I think when I was in school, I felt like one of the middle kids like I actually it's quite ironic now because I do public speaking basically as my job yeah (laughs) you know that is what I'm paid to do is to talk and if you told my year 10 self that I think I just would have looked at you like what as if that's not me at all um I was always someone that was interested in leadership but I thought that being a leader meant you had to be the loudest person in the room like super charismatic and super popular like that was not me that is not who I felt like in fact I think I felt kind of invisible sometimes at school and that I struggled to have my voice heard I was always quite caught up about that and so now I think what shifted for me was that I realized that this was one of the best ways to solve the problem that I cared about um, and to get 
you know, to actually create change was to use my voice. And it didn't come, you know, it didn't happen really organically or um, I didn't suddenly become a really great public speaker. Like it doesn't work like that. I definitely have given loads of talks and things that probably wouldn't say I'm super proud of. Like they weren't really polished. They were probably just more like passionate kind of rants. And um, But I really cared about the problem that I was talking about. So I was driven and motivated to keep getting up there even when I felt, you know, like it was terrifying because public speaking is really scary for a lot of people. Um, I just kept doing it because I knew that I think deep down that the way to be good at it was just to get up and, you know, show up every day, even when you give, you know, an average talk or average performance like the day before, you've got to keep pushing, keep trying to create opportunities. And that is what I then saw um, coming back to me twofold like I was then suddenly getting all these different opportunities by putting myself out there just like something like this like even three years ago no you know some no one would have asked me to come on a podcast like this so even that is pretty crazy to see how that's changed but it's so true, isn't it? Like I think that there's a there's something really important about having that authentic connection even if it's not creating perfect content. And when people can see how passionate you are and, and whatever it is, you know, um, in your case, this is this is what you're passionate about, but but this is for everyone, that when they see that sparkle in your eye, they know that, you know, they're really they they're speaking to someone um, from a place of truth and passion and and um and authenticity and I think that that's you know, that's why you got invited back and that's why you got better and it's why you got the results that you did from your speaking is because people could tell how much you actually cared. A hundred percent. Authenticity is like one of my most important values and I think I would say things that weren't super filtered um, about this topic, right? Like everybody expects you as the person that got this shiny high ATAR and has all these great opportunities to not say that actually the system didn't work, like it didn't even work for me who's ticked all of these boxes. So how is, you know, the average young person supposed to make their way through this? Um, Yeah, so I think that's what people really connected with and still do to this day. Like I'm not afraid to um, stray from what's expected of me or expected whether that's in business or at school or um, whatever. Like I'm happy to be authentic because I know it creates space for other people to do the same. Fabulous. Yeah. Even if you end up as a newspaper kid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good mindset. Hopefully hard, for good yeah. reasons. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um and so you've spoken about your own challenges. Um, do you find that the people you're seeing or like the young people coming to you, are they kind of facing the same thing or is there a common thread where they've where they've all sort of fallen off? The number one question we get asked is some variation of how do I choose the right path for me? And I think that word is really important, like right path, because there are a lot of kind of misconceptions out there that there is this dream job out there for you, for every single one of us, right? And that even misconceptions about what I do is that like, oh, we're trying to help you find your dream job. And yes, to some extent, but I don't really see purpose as being something that is out there waiting for us to like stumble on like in a rom-com you know it's not it doesn't really work like that but and we laugh but I think a lot of young people in particular think that that's how it works so they're so worried about making the right choice 
and not failing as well, the flip of that, that they don't want to fail by making the wrong choice because even though people are asking them from a place of, you know, compassion and being interested, as a young person, like every single place you go to, you're always asked, so what do you want to do? So what Mm. job are you going to do? So what are you going to do when you finish uni or TAFE or whatever? And so there's always this pressure to like have an answer. And because of that, I think, yeah, people obsess over having the right answer. And so they're scared to make, you know, smaller bets on things that might not work out because they don't want to fail in the process of figuring it out. Um, So we try and normalize a lot of those conversations and, and examples. So actually on our podcast, we share a lot of stories of young people that aren't perfect, that are not, you know, kind of saying, I'm super inspiring because I was lost and now I'm found. We try and show those lost and messy bits as well and, mm-hmm. and be authentic in how we talk about our experiences, um, even though to people like listening to this and people who read about me, they might think, oh, she's got it all sorted now. Like it's not, it's never the case, right? We're all on that journey always like the the point where you achieve your goals kind of happens really quickly and instantaneously but the process to getting there takes so much time um so yeah to sum up we definitely help to normalize that process of figuring out who you are and I think to just make decisions feel less significant as well um we have a lot of peaks that are sort of built into this path that we're expected to follow right like graduating and then getting your first job like getting promoted and and in companies those peaks are like built in and tied with salary increases and that kind of thing so you feel like you have to go that way um but then it means what i think when people get there sometimes and if they don't actually like where they ended up then they feel like they failed too so yeah a lot of it comes down to failure and i I think we can kind of attribute lots of that to, you know, social media obviously um, is has contributed to this idea that everybody can see your mistakes, um, that you can be authentic but only to some degree, you know, only authentic to the extent that it gets you more followers or supporters or engagement uh, but not really truly authentic. So that's a big part of what we do now. Yeah. I mean, you see people on social media and like for me personally as well, you know, their life is perfect or they post you know the highlights and stuff so it's hard being a young person like trying to look at that and be like oh like why is my life not like that or why am I not you know hitting these goals and stuff so yeah yeah, I I think social media yeah that plays a big part too definitely and even when people are being authentic now on social media like I think we know it's not really authentic still like they still they sort of had to throw in like a photo of them upset or having a bad day (laughs) every once in a while to balance it out (laughs) But even that's curated to some extent. So Hashtag candid. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's a weird culture that we live in now. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Do you think that to some degree um, the young people are thinking that they have that they're going to be married to this idea of of what they're going to do as a job instead of realizing that you know you can have many different careers in your life? Is that yeah. part of the problem? Is that they think that they just make that decision once? Definitely, they think they make, you know, one or two big decisions. Um, But I think it makes sense, right, why they're looking for that because it's certainty. Like, we just want certainty. And when you look at what else is going on in the world right now, you see, of course, that everybody is going to try and find certainty in some way way right and we all do it we all have a different way that we try and be controlling of or um, try and kind of maintain some structure in because if when when things are going you know chaotically elsewhere it means you kind of have to feel like that you're in control somewhere in your life and I think at school what we've noticed is that 
we will sort of try and throw the structure out the window a little bit when we come into class and try and, you know, not play the role of the teacher so much, but be their facilitators. And I think a lot of young people can't handle that because in every other part of their life, it's super structured. Like they're being told what to do and when and where and for how long, whereas we're coming in and saying, no, you're in the driver's seat, like you get to choose. And that can be really overwhelming. Um, But when you think about it, that's what happens to them when they graduate is that suddenly they're thrown into this um, deep end where there is no structure, there is no routine. So I think we try and do that in small doses to like get them ready for that. Um, But ultimately, it's that system and environment that's not helping a lot of young people, Um, no matter how, you know, smart or passionate or focused you are, doesn't matter. A lot of them are still responding in the same way. Yeah. And, and do do you work with schools like to work on a better system? Is that part of what you guys yeah. do as well? I, I've always believed with Purposeful that like to, to empathise with the system, I really do empathise with educators yeah. and with decision makers because it's really difficult. And even right now, the schools that we work with, um, you know, being so overwhelmed by now this huge admin burden from COVID and other things that are happening means that yeah they don't have easy jobs um, but we definitely work to try and form like more meaningful partnerships so we don't just want to work everywhere um, and just to make a quick buck like we're actually invested in building long-term relationships with schools so that we can sure do a talk but we're building longer-term programs and in place and and piloting things and running experiments and actually innovating um, rather than someone expecting us to come in with like an off-the-shelf sort of solution we're actually always tailoring things and making sure it works in that environment because if there's one thing that I have learned is that every school, every classroom, every session is totally different. Mm. So you really do have to be, yeah, actually being innovative, right, and collaborating meaningfully. Yeah, that's great. And is the ultimate goal um, with this, you know, maybe restructuring how education is delivered um, to not need you? Totally. I think that that's an, a great part of my vision is that we become redundant, <laughs> that we go out of business because it's just normal, like people get it and it's happening. I think there's a lot of talk about purpose at the moment, but I am sceptical as to how often it's put in place just because it's difficult. It's really difficult when, when you're um, running a company that's driven by purpose. That means that you're kind of sometimes you're foregoing short-term wins or gains like making money quickly for this long-term goal right because I'm trying to change the system and that means that doing things like for example giving making sure young people are rewarded for the value that they're giving me so I've certainly been in situations before where as a young person I've contributed heaps and you know being in your first or second jobs you don't know what your worth is like you don't know how much you're actually giving or what value you're giving to your your company your organization and people take advantage of that whereas like I everybody who works for me is paid which sounds crazy but for young people like a lot of young people would volunteer for me for free because they just love doing the work and that's great but they're actually giving so much value to me as a business and they should be paid for what they do and it it actually then creates meaningful work opportunities for them and has this flow-on effect of more young people are doing more meaningful work early on but that's not necessarily like a smart business decision straight up (laughs) um right because it's it it's um I you know I, I don't necessarily have to do that but I choose to do that because it's it's 
helping to change the system. Um, and then your customers start to see that value too and, and start to sort of mirror what you're doing. Um, so yeah, it's difficult, but that's really what being purposeful is all about is, is prioritising impact first and having that long-term vision in mind, but actually acting with conviction and, and following your values. And even if that means making tough decisions, um, yeah. that would help you in the short short term to, to get close to where you want to be in the long run. It goes back to that authenticity as well, doesn't it? I mean, if yep. you're not walking your talk, yeah, then you know exactly how who's going to follow other me? people yeah, 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 definitely, definitely, amazing. So, getting on to the International Women's Day kind of theming, yes. um, who is a woman who inspires you, and or what does International Women's Day mean to you as a woman? Yes, um, we were joking about this off air that my answer would be Taylor Swift. It probably still is Taylor oh, Swift. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Who inspires me. Well, she, she definitely wins in terms of inspired me for the longest, except for, of course, my sister and my mum, which are both very important women in my life. Um, but I think for me, when I was younger, the, like Taylor Swift, I grew up with her music and I grew up with kind of that story. And she's now been a huge part of changing the music industry that she's in for people who care about that type of thing but you know she's actually um, re-recording like all of her past albums at the moment because they were owned by men and she never got the the opportunity to actually buy her own music like this is you know one of the most awarded and like richest female artists in her time like writes all of her own songs and can't even own her work like so she's someone that still inspires me now but certainly when I was younger um this idea of like if you're lucky enough to be different like don't ever change and I think she did an amazing job at at monetizing and creating a career around her her authentic kind of um stories and and her authenticity like that's why people loved how you know what what she did wasn't necessarily because of her amazing voice but because she created music that people really connected with um so she's definitely someone that inspires me i think international women's day for me um is important because it's important that we do more than just talk the talk and i think still in especially in the corporate kind of business space it can be really easy for you know first once a year to actually make a big deal out of it and then nothing actually changes at a systemic kind of level um and certainly i know as a young woman it's been really difficult to know what at what times has my gender actually had an impact on how things have played out say exclusively in a career sort of setting um we don't you don't know necessarily and that makes it hard to have a voice sometimes I think about issues and things that come up for you um particularly in business and when we're talking about your worth that's certainly been a recurring theme for me is like what is your value and, and what is your worth and and knowing that you know, there were sort of men that were my counterparts almost in situations like in business. And I know they were charging a lot more than me and, 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 or getting a lot more than me and not necessarily having to provide as much detail and evidence of like that they could deliver or what they were pitching, um, as I did. Is that a gender thing or not? It, it can be difficult to say. Um, but in retrospect, I think yes. Um, and yeah, so to me, International Women's Day is really important that we're having authentic conversations about it and we're, pointing out what's not working and what's wrong and um, from whether that's pay to at home or in the workplace they're all really critical conversations that we should be having all the time Mm. yeah 100 percent. we were just talking this morning about how you know 
we, we shouldn't need a day to you know talk about this sort of stuff or do yeah. this sort of stuff but we do like that's the reality yes yeah essentially the same with your your purpose with education is you know it'd be nice if we didn't have an international women's day yes. because the gender wasn't even yes a, a part of the conversation but unfortunately we're not there yet so yes <laughs> keep going yeah and <laughs> i mean on. yeah <laughs> exactly push on. Yeah. i mean i recognize the immense privilege that i have and i think probably we all have been yes. like in this room and at this table and what you know certainly i've worked hard to achieve what i have but there has been an immense amount of luck and privilege that has also played a part in that. In you know, being, I, I always remember this um, kind of idea of like, how much does it take for you to have a, a good night's sleep at night, like eight hours of sleep every night? Like what are all of the things that are playing into your privilege that allow you to have <laughs> eight hours mm-hmm. in uninterrupted sleep? Um, not just in terms of like your wellness or how you're feeling, but obviously having a roof over your head, like being able to um, not have to have to work because, you know, you need to get food on the table for you or your family, like so many things that impact that right now. Um, and I'm, yeah, really acknowledge that in this conversation, but I think I can certainly speak to my experience in work <laughs> and young yeah. women in terms of defining and articulating their worth for sure. Do you think that's something that men find easier? Is it just intrinsically easier for them to to uh, understand what they're worth? Yeah, I it's it's an interesting one, and I am the first to say that you know imposter syndrome is something that I deal with, as is everybody and men as well. But um, I think I was always quick to I would think through everything right like if I was you know charging someone a certain amount for me speaking for example like a lot of the time I used to do um, speaking gigs or get offered a speaking gig right and they wouldn't say if it was paid or not so I would just assume that there was no money behind it and now I always ask I just say like what's the budget for this you know what Mm -hmm. what is behind this and I always get paid whereas there were so many opportunities before where I never even asked because I just assumed that I there wasn't any budget Um, whereas I think a lot of men are, are more forward with just asking and and maybe saying no to things as well if they're actually not compensated or not they don't think that they match what they're worth Um, and I think women as as sort of a group tend to overthink everything obviously so my proposals everything that I prepare so much more detailed so much more thought time energy goes into it um, for maybe the same or less amount because I've thought so much about it uh, yeah, it can be really difficult to know what, what you're worth and um, what's too much and, and matching that with your confidence, right? When you're running a business, you are the business. So if you're having an average day and you don't feel that confident, like just being able to work, hype yourself up and not let that impact um, your performance, but also, yeah, how you sell things is super complicated. It's the hardest part of business, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so just speaking on, you know, how you have kind of come from saying, you know, not knowing your worth and now, you know, um, you'll always ask and you've you've kind of built yourself up a bit more. Um, so obviously you are still very yeah. young and you're you're very successful with and you, you kind of know your direction and stuff. What do you kind of put that all down to? How, how does that, you know, how do you feel like you've got here? Yeah, I... I think it's taken a few like experiences that, you know, where I wasn't valued and 
probably where things went too far in that sense mm. that has then helped me to define clearer boundaries. It's like, this is what I'm worth. Like, I'm not worth doing for that for free. You know, like, this is actually the value that I'm giving you. Um, and what I didn't realise often when I was going into, like, negotiating situations, which could be in business when you're trying to make a sale or close a deal, but also, you know, in your life, <laughs> like, yeah. negoti- you're negotiating with people all the time at, like, a, a micro level. It's just about actually, you know, setting boundaries for yourself and going, this is my value this is um what is real like what how I value myself and how you know if someone else isn't going to respect or respond to that that's fine like it's nothing personal but I'm not going to say yes to that um so it's taken definitely some negative experiences but also just a lot of practice and probably modeling other women and other people in my life like just seeing actually how do other people do this like how do other people negotiate or how do other people make a sale in this way because you have no idea, like, as especially as a first-time founder, you don't know how any of that works. So I've definitely had really good mentors that have helped open the doors in that sense, just for me to be able to go, oh, yeah, this is actually how it's done. Because no one, no one's going to just tell you, like, <laughs> yeah. so that's been really um, helpful as well. Yeah. And um, why don't you tell us about one of your greatest achievements or something that you're really proud of? Um, or give us a shout out to one of those mentors maybe yes oh greatest achievement I hope it's still I hope it's yet to come (laughs) in some ways Um, I think what I'm most proud of is my persistence probably because there's certainly been lots of times in my journey when it would have been easy to give up and where you know there's a, a shiny job offer other things on the table that you go why wouldn't you just take that? Mm. (laughs) Like, why wouldn't you just go with that route that you could be really successful at and people would respect you as much doing that, but it wasn't fully aligned with, you know, my vision and what I want to do. So I'm most proudest of just getting up each day and showing up even when it's really tough and, and keeping on persevering and, um, I'd love this sort of quote of like, how far are you willing to go alone? when you have a big vision or a big goal how far are you willing to walk away from the comfort of the path that's sort of been written for you and um, a stable sort of secure job sort of presumably um, from people that you know that maybe don't get what you're trying to do and just can't resonate with that like you certainly lose people and opportunities along the way so that opportunity cost is yeah I think what I'm pretty proud of Um, but in terms of a more tangible thing (laughs) I think it would be my team I really like I said at the start I'm a creator and I love creating a space where other young people can you know, come and be themselves and share those stories too. A lot of our current team members have been impacted by us in some way. So, for example, um, two of the team members now, one was brought on the podcast and she talked about her story. She, she basically was just about at the end of her medical degree and had decided that she didn't want to do it. And this was the thing that she'd been dead set on since year 10. And now seven years into her degree, she decided that she didn't want to be a doctor which is huge like really big decision to make and she shared her story and yes that helped her to kind of cement that was the right choice for her but then one of our current team members actually heard her interview and is just starting their med journey and it's kind of pivoted as a result of that and now they're both on the team together um so just seeing that full circle kind of ripple effect that has already come about is the most fulfilling part for sure making an impact in you know what your intent was and and seeing it come off 
it's um of course of course you should be proud that's amazing um so let's talk about the podcast we've mentioned it a couple of times um you've started a podcast with another entrepreneur so what was it that inspired you to get into podcasting yeah, so our, our podcast is called The Lost Button. So it is <laughs> the idea of it was that, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was some sort of magic button you could hit when you're feeling lost in life and, and that could actually help you to redirect towards something that is um, you're more passionate about that is right for you. Um, we realised that I'd done a lot of programs and sort of about helping people to find their way and often it was just too overwhelming. Like people would be really keen and really committed and then one or two days in they just they just drop out and when I would ask the question to them of like why didn't you keep going like what changed for you and they just say you know it was just too much like I know this is where I need to be but I'm just not quite ready for it yet so podcasting was something that I thought hey actually maybe people are going to be able to process this and kind of work through these things by listening to it because even just with a podcast right you can listen and do something else and the focus isn't all on you like you're not in the hot seat necessarily um and so it warms young people up to then having those conversations which is 100% what it's done so that's where why we went there um and it's just been such a fun thing to do because I think of it as just like this little thing, like nobody's going to listen to this, but actually it's created so many opportunities for us. Like so many people message me and talk to me about stuff they heard on the podcast and even my friends and people that I'm closer to who maybe wouldn't ask me those questions directly because, you know, when they're your friends, they don't want you to help them necessarily with what I'm known as, you know, uh, my brand is all about helping people to figure out their way and I think sometimes people close to you it's it's kind of too confronting to do that with your friend like so I think I've been able to help a lot of people through that um medium yeah which has been awesome fabulous yeah and podcasting is a great medium for young people especially because yeah I mean they all like that's what we listen to now you know podcasts and stuff so it's such a good way to like open those conversations because yeah you know I feel like we're so like in our little bubble of social media and you know like online but it's important to like take that conversation out into the real world and actually talk to someone about it which is so great that you've like done that and kind of found a pathway to that yeah it's important definitely and I think you feel like they're your friends right if it's a really good podcast and they do it well then you feel like you're just like listening in at you know a coffee chat or something um so I think a lot of people think they know me better than than I do um and this is a bit of a yeah humble brag not really but I'll often get people come up to me and sort of say hey like you know I know you know hi how's it going I'm like I don't know you like very, very kind of you but we, maybe we went in a workshop or like they listen to a podcast and they kind of think that, yeah, you're best friends, which is really cool and very sweet. But yeah, quite still amuses me every yeah. time it happens. Yeah. So. <laughs> and on your, um, so the podcast is one side and you spoke a tiny bit before about um, Next Revolution, yeah. which is you've, have you co-founded that? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. This is a super new venture. Um, so Essentially, when I started my business, like I didn't have any tech skills. I just love the idea of the startup scene. but And I think a lot of people do. But if you don't have tech experience, you're like, how can I get amongst that? I'm not worthy of being a part of it. That's definitely a gendered thing as well. I think that I remember conversations happening at like in the co-working space that I used to be part of. And there were people talking about these no-code tools. Um, 
and I had no idea what they were, didn't know what it meant, heard about some of these things years ago but just never asked the question because it was too much of like a blokey kind of developer conversation happening and didn't know how to get involved in that. But basically they're just it's, – it's just something that can help you to – save one so much time and money so back in the day you had to get lots of money and um, spend a lot of time to build an app for example or a website or um, design a logo like all of these things that required a lot of expertise and skill to do there is this whole universe out there of tools that are called no code tools which basically do all of those jobs for you and make it really easy for someone without any tech experience to do each of those things so to actually create a piece of technology Um, and there's code in the background you just don't have to see it you just get to drag and drop things and put it into place so I started using all of these tools in my business to help me as a solo kind of founder and um, a friend of mine Carl who we um, both met through the startup scene in Perth and bumped into each other actually last year and had a coffee and realized we were building the similar sort of things to each other and actually having a lot of fun and making money with that as well so next revolution is really our way to help people to solve complex problems with simple no code solutions because it sounds complicated and every time i explain it to people i think people still think yeah but i probably am i'm not that techie like i probably can't do that it's not the case at all like these tools are out there it's just about getting them into people's hands and showing them how they work and how they can help you so that's what we're doing now Um, yeah yeah. that's great and I mean obviously you've got so much on your plate already but (laughs) have you got um any any plans for the future anything you're you're working on or you want to work towards or are you happy with what you're doing no definitely um it's been really fun to do a second business because I think you just obviously make far fewer mistakes, which is great because you yeah. can kind of take shortcuts and know what you wouldn't have done in retrospect the first time. Um, so I think for both of us, that's been awesome. Having a co-founder has been amazing. Um, we're really working at the moment to on the education side because that's really we, – we had have looked at, you know, doing more consulting, actually building things for people, but which we definitely will. But at its core, it's about empowering people with these tools and kind of letting them then take on a life of their own so we're really focusing on actually educating people so whether you're a marketer or you know the HR person or a developer even like how can you use these things to be better at your job and get to where you want to be faster yeah definitely that's amazing so and maybe we'll finish off with some top tips from you maybe for people who are you know not sure what to do with their future career because that's what you're all about what are your top tips for those sorts of people Yes. Look, there's there's a lot of different stages you can be in when you're feeling lost. I think one piece of advice is just you're not going to find your way like sitting in your bedroom, like watching Netflix or just keeping on doing what the same thing every single day. Like you have to make some kind of change, right? To, to If you want to change the end outcome, you got to create some kind of change in your day to day and what's going on. And, you know, if you're someone that's say in a job that you know isn't right for you or maybe for whatever reason it's now not right for you it was at the start um you don't have to you know quit full time and like cut everything off you can work up to you know finding the next thing um you can start a passion project you can start a side hustle in fact you could just think about what's something I could do 10 minutes today that would get me that little bit closer to where I want to be or to exploring what else is out there and that could be watching a TED talk right that could be listening to a podcast um that could be then having a coffee with someone in an industry that you're kind of curious about and we call these um career experiments and it's really trying to do as many of those that you can 
to de-risk making that choice or that change because as we get older, it becomes a bit scary and a lot scarier perhaps than when you're 18 or 19 to throw everything out the window and (laughs) change. Um, But de-risking those changes for yourself by doing career experiments and not feeling like, yeah, you have to make these big, like bold kind of definitive decisions um, we just, we don't, we don't, the internet is our friend here. Um, and we, you can connect with anybody really like LinkedIn, incredible platform to just connect and to learn more without having to make that hardcore choice. So yeah, that would be my advice. Do some career experiments and de-risk, um, yeah, the, the path that you want to change to. Oh, that's great. So speaking of um, uh, social media and being able to connect to people, where can people find you and connect with you in a very comfortable way for you, obviously. <laughs> Definitely LinkedIn. My friends laugh at me because very few 21 and 22-year-olds are super active on LinkedIn, but that is where you'll find me most. So um, feel free to send me a message there. But otherwise, purposeful.org.au. Um, we would love to work with you and to yeah, chat further about how we can help either your young people or, or your team to find more purpose and direction in their life and careers. That's so great. Well, it's been so amazing to chat with you today. Um, Everything you've said is wonderful and (laughs) you're obviously very inspiring. So thank you so much for talking to us. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thanks so much for being part of our International Women's Day Break the Bias podcast miniseries.